98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Wednesday, that means it is time for some Maximum Football. Max Starks joining us on the line right now. Max, what's going on? Super, super, gentlemen. How how art thou on this on this good day? I mean, I felt good. I don't know if I feel super, though. It's now I kind of feel like I'm missing yeah. out. Monday, I was angry. <laughs> I was angry on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, just in a foul mood on Tuesday. I think I'm much better now. I didn't I, notice it yesterday. To, yeah, I watched a little tape on the Seattle Seahawks defense. <laughs> All of a sudden, got all jacked up. You saw the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Give you a little hope. Just saying. <laughs> the middle of their defense. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, both of us uh, are feeling the same way. You know, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the Steelers are a little bit worse uh, off. Um, but like you said, the car- the Cardinals are in a position where, you know, you have a tough game last week against the Philadelphia Eagles and a very winnable position at the end, but come up a little bit short. But, you know, you do have the Seahawks and Geno Smith uh, coming to town. Um, so it's something something a little bit to be excited about. Um yeah, it was just, it was tough, man. It was tough watching that game because I thought, I thought, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you're on edge and you're just like, okay, the Cardinals are going to overcome it. And you keep waiting for that moment. And that, that moment just yeah. did not come in the end because they were, they were in position to really take down the last undefeated team in the NFL. Uh, shift your focus to this week against Seattle, Wolf. And I think part of the reason that you are feeling better after watching the film on Seattle is. Their run defense has been miserable this yeah. year, right? That's where we're starting yeah, it's with this. Really bad. Uh, now, the- I, can I just say though that was the only weakness I saw with the Eagles as well. That was their only. But weakness. But they weren't as bad. They weren't as bad. Yeah. No, you watch it on tape, and the Seattle Seahawks and their inability to stop the run is mesmerizingly bad. Wow. <laughs> you watch it, and you're blown away by that. So I am. I, I, I'm encouraged that in that regard about being able to come off the ball. The running back situation right now, Max, for the Arizona Cardinals is all messed up, though. That's the problem. The running back, James Connors banged up. Daryl Williams is going to miss, I think, a couple of weeks. Um, Eno Benjamin is, I'm good to go with Eno Benjamin. I'll roll with that. But the loss of James Conner and Daryl Williams, uh, in particular, that concerns me. Well, yeah, and it should. I mean, you think about, you know, both of those guys being very physical and very tough backs. So to lose them and Eno Benjamin, you know, like I said, he did a great job last week instead of, um, those guys being in there. But once again, it's still, you want depth, A, and you want that change. Eno was a change-up type of back. You still need that bread and butter type of back um, to come in here and actually, you know, just be the every-down guy. I don't know if Eno is that guy, um, but we knew James Conner. I mean, you know, he's already got 200 yards on the year um, rushing. Um, so you don't want to lose that type of production um, in, in the backfield, especially when you're considering, you know, what Kyle is going to have to go through. And, of course, James was also a very good pass-blocking running back as well. Yes. So 
It's, it's going to be a challenge. Now, Seahawks, you have an opportunity there. And, and like you said, well, you, you want to stable the running backs because you want to take advantage and exploit. But at the same time, this is a team that I think you can still be well-rounded. I don't necessarily say insert Kyler Murray as my de facto running back or backup or however you want to treat it. But it, it's going to be, I think, a good game to kind of – Get yourselves back into it. I know Seattle has been a place that's been unforgiving um, for the Cardinals over the years, but it is a winnable place right now. Max, um, it, when you look at the the Seahawks run defense and you see how bad it is, and, and Wolf's going to go into more detail on this later on in the show, but I mean he's he's made it pretty clear. You, look, you don't even have to watch the tape. You can tell the Seahawks can't stop the run. Wolf, you were saying they're watching the tape. They struggle pretty much at every level to stop the run. Yes. So Max, as a as an offensive lineman, when you're looking at a matchup like that, I mean, I assume you go into the game wanting to just run and run and run until they prove that they can slow you down. Yeah, yeah, their their defense is averaging giving up 430 yards a game. So pretty much pick what you want to do and just continue to do it. (laughs) Um, And they're giving up, on average, 30 points a game. So I think when you look at that, I think you have to say, hey, offensive line, get the first level, work up to that second level, and we're not worried about the secondary because they don't know how to tackle. Um, but it is going to be something you don't want to take this for granted at the same time. You want to make sure that you come in screwed in to make sure that you don't have a lull because you're looking at all of this tantalizing stuff, right? It's like a kid going into a candy store. Bad rush defense. They can't sack the quarterback. They get the, the, the secondary is okay, but we can throw on them. You know, you, you don't want to start being enamored with everything and get away from what the business is, and that's making sure that you have yourself fully prepared to go up against an opponent that's in division. Because division, you have to throw it out the window a little bit, but they are very gettable. And this is a team I saw in the preseason, and they have not gotten that much better since I saw them. Yeah, you know what? I I will tell you right now that I would, if I were the Arizona Cardinals, I'd love to see them come out and run the ball and, and run it every play. And if you don't move the sticks after the first three plays, okay, you go ahead and punt it. You've done that before. And by the way, the Seattle Seahawks, nobody, nobody has had fewer three and outs than the Seattle Seahawks defense this year. This, this is the week to nobody. get right. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I, 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 If I were Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals and Kyler, I'd come out and I'd hand the ball off three consecutive times and dare the Seattle Seahawks to stop you. You got to punch him in the mouth and run the ball because they're bad. Yeah, they're I w- really. I want to make sure I draw the distinction here for for people because I know a lot of people will be like Wolf wants to run the ball most weeks. Why? What makes this week different? The Seahawks can't tackle. That's what makes this week different. That's where this is yeah. where I'm 100 percent with you, Wolf. You've got to just run at this team until they show you they can stop you. Right, Max. Absolutely. I mean, and you're looking at that front, Shelby Harris, um, Al Woods, Puna Ford, Daryl Taylor, Uchenna Uosu. Um, tell me when you found somebody that you yeah. know is an absolute rock star. I can't name one. I don't see one on there. Now, listen, and Al Woods, one of my former teammates, love Al to death. Al is a dinosaur right now. As far as it as far as it goes, and that's your starting nose tackle. So I mean, you look at this team, and you're just like, 
man, I was like, boy, could y'all use some extra draft picks uh, next year? <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Because it should almost be like a like you should get pity picks, not compensatory, but pity picks. Because when you look at this roster, it is it is not imposing at all but once again you don't want to take it for granted and start to and them lull you to sleep you still want to go out there and you want to make sure that they know that they're bad by your play because you're playing at a, at, a, at a high level yeah you know once again this is exactly why you take a quarterback and you stick him under center for this game right here because yeah there are certain plays you can run against this defense see this is where you've got to be able you've got to be capable to actually do this. Because Seattle's going to give you stuff, and, and it's not like they want to give it to you. They just can't stop you. Right. But if you don't take it, it's just going to get left out there on the field. Exactly, and this is the reason why you've got to be capable as an offense of being whatever you need to be to beat your opponent. This is what I talk about all the time because Bill Belichick talked about it all the time. we got to be capable of taking advantage of their weakness and whatever that weakness is. Now listen, the Seattle Seahawks have a lot of weaknesses. <laughs> they do on the defensive side yeah, of the Yeah, but they ball. do score on offense. So, like, to Max's point, you right. better score when you have the ball if you're the Cardinals because it's not like you're, you're probably not going to hold Seattle to 17 points. But their worst weakness, as far as I'm concerned, is their ability to tackle and stop the run. And because of that, this is where, this is the week you want to be able to take advantage of that. Do you agree with the philosophy overall, Max? No, I mean, I, I agree with the philosophy. I mean, this is one where you just want to go into the street fight. You got some brass knuckles, right? And you just punch them in the mouth. I mean, that that's essentially what this game is. This game, there is no fluff. Now, you can throw fluff in there to throw off your other opponents that are scouting this film. Or you can throw a couple of those things in. But, but get the bread and butter out of the way. And also, get the offensive line confidence get them going early so that they they already know that at any given moment we're just going to run the ball down your throat and we don't need kyler necessarily to win the game for us through the air but we can put it on the backs of the offensive line and the running game and we can go ahead and control this game get us out here limit the the exposure to our defense because the longer we possess and run the football the better it's going to be for our defense who does not have to be on the field defending all right we come back the cardinals offensive line struggled against the chiefs in week one they've been pretty good ever since smack stark's going to break it down next it's the wolf and luke show on 98.7 fm arizona sports station Arizona Sports Dark Max Starks Max Starks Maximum for Maximum for Maximum With Wolf and Luke Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley Get more money selling your home Go to higherprice.com That's higherprice.com the show live from the auction community studios max starks is joining us for maximum football as he does every wednesday and uh here i want to play this clip this is cliff kingsbury from monday talking about the offensive lines play even though the cardinals did ultimately lose to philadelphia really impressed by that group that that's as good a front as you'll see across the board i mean they got great rushers great interior pieces um and i I thought we battled the entire game gave ourselves a chance so uh couldn't be more impressed by um how they stuck together especially um with rodney being out i thought the communication was really good i don't i don't know if we had many pre-snap penalties maybe one there late uh, and not many penalties overall so so that was uh, good to, to play clean with that group. 
Yeah, Max, look, I, I didn't play. Uh, this is going to shock you. I never played offensive line in the NFL, but you did. And so this is what? why you're the perfect guy to talk to. Yeah, believe what? it or not. Oh, my goodness. I had no clue. Yeah, I didn't want to break the news <laughs> to you on the air, but, I, but I'm going to. Uh, but look, you go into that game, you don't have Rodney Hudson. You face the team with the best pass rushes in terms of sacks, at least, in the NFL. You hold them to one sack. I will continue to maintain that Hassan Reddick got Kyler Murray's face mask on that sack, but whatever. In terms of evaluating the offensive line, even having never played at the NFL level, Max, or any level offensive line, I could tell you they've been pretty solid since week two. No, the offensive line has done a tremendous job, um, and they've gotten better every single week. And like you said, when you have setbacks um, without having Rodney Hudson and kind of having to fill in in the middle, I thought they've still done a great job communicating. Double-team blocks look good with this crew. And like you said, James Connors is rushing at a good clip, and then, of course, Darrell Williams, of course, before the injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how – how Eno Benjamin does in this situation, um, given that he's going to have, you know, an increased role. And, uh, you know, he has a second rushing touchdown last week. So hopefully he can continue to build on that type of performance. But, uh, I know I like everything about the offensive line, especially I love them against this, uh, this defensive front in Seattle. So I look at the offensive line once again, and I ask you this a little rhetorically as we talk about the offensive line, the strength of the offensive line, how good they are in terms of trying to run the ball, your impressions of this. So I'll ask you flat out, does an offensive line get better with more reps? Does an offensive line get better in a game if you run the ball more? Well, Wolf, for the sake of journalistic integrity and, of course, I would say repetitiveness, absolutely they get better, what Wolf. Is that, man? <laughs> this is leading the witness what right here. Is that, yeah, it is. Well, you know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Wolf. It's funny. The more you run, the more guys get to work double teams, get to work combination blocks, yes. get to communicate the better they feel with that said individual that they're working with. Yes. It just makes sense. The more It's funny. The more you and Luke talk together, the better you guys get at understanding what each other's thinking. You would correct? think. Okay, that Luke, was, I was stop gonna, it. You know, he, <laughs> that he was beat a good me one. right there. He one. did because I yeah. was going yeah, exactly. to level That's him. Why I had to you say would, it you would think. Well, I could say that when Luke and I have worked together and we work consecutively in our, <laughs> in our past <laughs> summer jobs, um, <laughs> The more consecutive days we worked together, the easier it was to understand what each other was thinking, and then the conversation was a lot more fluid. So you apply that same type of principle to offensive line play. Yes. The only group that has to work in complete lockstep with each other on the football field. All five have to be one. The more you do it, the better you get Man. at it. Yes. And every single play, especially when you run this, God forbid you run the same play twice within oh, the same quarter. Oh goodness, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's not, let's not talk about fairy tales, but <laughs> when you do do those type of things, that's what builds that, that, that innate experience. We talk about requisite experience amongst guys. That's exactly how you build it. It's the rapidity of it and just the repetitive nature that you must go through to be an offensive line and to block in sequence on any given run play. So See, that's hardcore analysis. Yeah, you're just not going to get that <laughs> anywhere else. But yeah. it, it is, though. It's something that really bothers me. You, they, they've got to do this at some point in time. Football, there basically are three things you can do with a football. You can run the ball. You can throw the ball. 
And then you can act like you're going to run it and then throw it. Those are the three things you can basically do. And right now, I think the Arizona Cardinals are handcuffing themselves on a lot of this stuff. The most frustrating part about this team is right now to me is it feels like they are stopping themselves in certain areas. That's that's the the most frustrating thing. Max, I look at these games and I'm like, okay, you weren't beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs are one of the two best teams in the league. You don't you you're not going to beat them right now. Uh, but you could have beat the Rams and you could have beat the Eagles and it feels like in a lot of ways the Cardinals stopped themselves. But sticking with the offensive line for a second, Going into that Philadelphia game and seeing a team that leads the NFL in sacks at that point and seeing the Cardinals having a hard time at times getting the uh, the play called in and set up and everything, and then seeing Rodney Hudson's going to miss the game, I didn't feel all that great about that, and yet they did a pretty good job. How were they able to do it without Hudson? Well, I, I, think, I think it was a simplified game plan. You saw a lot of... A lot of the uh, the slide and pass protection, you made sure that the center was covered up. I mean, that, that was kind of one okay. of the biggest things. You didn't want to leave him one-on-one too often without either a hand or some eyes from either guard. I thought that was important because you could hide a center. You might be able to hide a guard for moments, but eventually there's going to come that moment where they're one-on-one. And by the time that happened, I felt like they were they were still in good position because that, that is a good front that they went against in the Eagles. Yeah. And, and I, you know, for, for I have to give them a kudos. I give them thumbs up for how they performed because that wasn't an easy task. And they were able to control, mo- for the most part, and be in that game, which was, which was surprising. Because, um, you know, given, like you said, where we're at, as a team, and you're looking at the Cardinals, it, it's tough to say, oh, man, I'm in love with this because it's like their offense is 15th overall, defense is 17th, middle of the pack, and then you look at the Eagles, and they're all top 10s and everywhere, you know, just about. And so you're like, okay, this is this is going to be a tough task. They're going to steamroll us. Mm-mm. They played well. They mm-hmm. played well because I think one of the biggest things, they don't, they don't, they don't, the Cardinals, the one thing that's a saving grace right now for the Cardinals, they don't give the ball away. Yeah. Right. Right. They're not a high turning over team. They're very efficient with the ball. It's just, does it relay in points or can you get past a sluggish start? I think that's the biggest thing. The Cardinals do their most trouble to themselves when they get off to a really slow start and they're not getting into rhythm early because your top 15 is supposed to be the go to's, right? Supposed to be the greatest hits album. You know what I'm saying? When I turn this on, when I know I'm about to go hang out past 8 p.m., I turn this music on to keep me hyped so I don't fall asleep. That's what the top 15 is. <laughs> you know, that is that is what you're trying to get. You're supposed to be like, hey, I can run this in any kind of weather conditions against any front. These are what we do well. And it doesn't seem like that's being schemed or the trust is being so far one direction that you can't get to, you know, the bread and butter, which is the run. The run often gets left behind in that situation. I think the rush numbers could be better. I mean, if I, would, I don't have the stat, but I wonder if it's rush per attempt, uh, you know, attempted in the game, they would probably have a higher percentage. And you think if you run it more, oh, the number's going to get lower. No, 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 no. The number gets better the more you run it. But I feel like they're just being very economical with the rushing. They'd rather get a lot more RPO and a lot more passes to Marquise Brown. Yeah, and not only that, can I just say this quickly as well? Sean Harlow. 
that's one of the reasons why this offensive line played so well. Sean Harlow at center, I'll take that all day long. I think he struggles a little bit at guard, but at center, I'll take Sean Harlow. He did a great job. Yeah, and to Max's point, if the Cardinals' first quarter offense was a song, nobody would listen to that song right yeah, now. That would be, you right. just turn that one right yeah. off. All right, when we come back, we'll go through some of the uh, overreactions around the NFL through five weeks and, uh, and get some... Potential overreactions here. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Footballs. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. All right, we're going to get to some uh, week five overreactions. I'm going to throw these at you guys. Okay, Max Starks is here. Obviously, Wolf is here as well. I want to throw, before we even get to that, though, a couple things. The uh, Cardinals have signed kicker Matt Amendola and safety Chris Banjo to the active roster from the practice squad. That's about 10 minutes ago. Okay. So I'm assuming that puts, and, and they've also placed Jonathan Ward on injured reserve. Uh, also, did you see this story that uh, Devontae Adams is getting charged with... Um, Misdemeanor assault for pushing that guy at the end I of the game. I did see that. Night. Yes, that's from Adam Schefter this morning. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know where where that's going to end up going. And Bobby Wagner, the guy who ran on the field, that, that's a different. That's a much different story to me. That's a guy who shouldn't have been on the field that is fi- filing a police report because he got hit when he ran out there on the field. So we'll see where that goes too. All right, Max. I'm going to throw some overreactions and uh, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on these. So I'm going to start with this one. Set aside the Buffalo Bills because I know Buffalo is in the state of New York. A New York team other than Buffalo will make the playoffs this year. How oh, do we feel about man, this? That is, oh. that is really, they're a combined really seven right and three right now. The Jets and the Giants. Oh man, you know what? The Giants can run the ball. They run the ball extremely well, and I like the way that defense is playing right now. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say a New York team is going to make it. Is going to be the New York Giants who make it. Max. Ooh, even bolder. Going ahead and, and saying the name. Um, I, I have to say I agree with that, but I don't know if I picked the Giants to be it. Oh. Um, I, I, I think the Jets actually are looking good with Zach Wilson. Now, obviously, how long will that last will be the question. But as it looks right now, I mean, I don't put it past the Jets. The Jets are playing at a high level. They know how to run the football. And the defense is, is playing is playing good team ball right now. Um, so I'm going to go yes, but I'm going to go J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's, that, well, I did not expect that. That's crazy. Although, yeah, these, all these rookies are clicking for the Jets already, too. Uh, all right. Okay, we just saw Philadelphia firsthand. They're 5-0. and I don't think they're the best team, I'll tell you that. But the, uh, the overreaction you could have through five weeks is that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team. Max, I'll start with you. Uh, best team in the NFL yes. or best team in the NFC? Okay, okay. Not best record, um, best team. I, I, even though I have them as a dark horse Super Bowl, um, a Peary, um, I would say Kansas City, <laughs> Kansas City is uh, still the best team in the NFL. A Peary right sounds okay. like a high-end water company. Okay, right now. It does. Um, so going into the Arizona Cardinal game, 
um, you're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm saying to myself, Max, they've got one real weakness, and only one. And I'm not saying it's debilitating. I'm not saying it's going to prevent them from actually winning and winning in the postseason. But, man... Their rush defense is a little spotty at times, especially in between the tackles. So for me right now, if they get that figured out, I don't see another weakness. I I don't. Offensively, they can run it. Um, They can throw it. Jalen Hurts has made really good decisions. He's really protected the ball. He's got good weapons. Very, very well. He's got great weapons as well. So I don't really see, other than their rush defense, I don't see... A glaring weakness. And I know that, hey, listen, once you get into the postseason, if there's a team that says, man, we can run the ball on these guys, we're going to go ahead and pound it, that that can preclude you from actually getting to the Super Bowl. But right now, man, I think they're the real deal. The Philadelphia Eagles are for real. They definitely could make it to the Super Bowl. I cannot, I can't envision them winning the Super Bowl, but that's just because I've seen the Chiefs and Bills play football this year. Um, how about this one, though? We're talking Super Bowls. The team that won the Super Bowl last year, the L.A. Rams, the overreaction would be the L.A. Rams have legitimate problems, Max. They have scored 19 points in their last two games. They are 2-3 and three overall. They really haven't looked impressive, I would argue, in any of their first five games, even though they did beat Atlanta and obviously the Cardinals, but barely beat Atlanta. Atlanta almost gave that game away and would have lost to the Cardinals if the Cardinals could have finished a few of those long drives with touchdowns instead of field goals. The Rams look lost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Yeah. They just they 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 look dissegmented, disjointed. Everything that does not mean whole, that is what the Rams <laughs> look like right now. And, you know, I is a Super Bowl hangover real? Absolutely. Trust me. Went through it. I get it. This looks very similar, but they don't look like they're ever in control. I think that's the other thing of any of these games. They never look handedly in control. It's always a fight. And you would think with the personnel, they would come across as being in control at some point, And they just they just don't look like that team. And, they, you know, their rushing is not efficient. Matt Stafford's throwing the ball way too much for a guy that's had elbow injuries. <laughs> you know, um, you want to at least try and balance it out a little bit more. But yeah, they're they're looking bad right now. So yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, you know what? Uh, give me the question again, Luke. I want this, and it's all its glory right here. Right. Give me the question. The what question. was it again? Let's let's do this like we're we're doing another take. And yeah, be right. Okay. Exactly. Hey, Wolf. <laughs> Would you say the L.A. Rams have problems? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they do. they got big problems right now, honestly. Um, one of them is they refuse to actually try to develop their rushing attack as well. They just want to throw the ball. That's what they do. Look, we got Matthew Stafford. We got all this guy. Didn't you see we went out and got Allen Robinson? What are you talking about? No, we're going to throw the ball. Yet, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got Cooper Cup. We're going to throw the ball. That's all we're going to do for the ball. I, I think I think they lost their edge in the offseason. And I think they've become complacent. And this was this was something that a lot of people were talking about. There is a reason why. There's a reason why no team has actually won the Super Bowl since the early 2000s. There's a reason back back. why. Back yeah. to back, right? And, and a lot of it has got to do with the year-to-year proposition that it is in the National Football League and playing right and playing well at the specific time of year that you need to. The Rams did that last year, 
And because of it, they won a Super Bowl, and rightfully so. This year, they look lost. I agree with Max. I, I don't think... I don't think we're going to see the Rams in the Super Bowl once again. No, it does not look like that at all. And here, I'll do one more real quick here before we go to break. How about since the Carolina Panthers fired their coach and they have the worst tied for the worst record in football, Max, real quick, the Carolina Panthers will have the first pick in the NFL draft this fall, spring. Yeah, I guess spring. I'm going to go with yes, just because you fired your coach this early into the year. So you're, you're pretty much signaling the, the white flag that, A, we want the cream of the crop, um, as far as coaching hires um, that will be available or co- coaches available for hiring. And also, we want the number one overall pick, and we're going to go quarterback. So in case anybody was wondering, surprise, surprise, Carolina will be getting the number one pick, and they will be picking a quarterback <laughs> in yes. this year's draft. Yeah. And can I also say, too, is they're getting ready to make that number one pick overall because I agree with Max. I think they'll they'll definitely do that. Um, I'm hoping they trade Brian Burns. Okay? And I'm hoping maybe somehow, <laughs> some way, the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals can go, hmm, man, that guy, I like that guy, Burns. Uh, that Burns guy, like, you know, I'd love that. Oh, Burns. If, if there was some way to give up draft capital for Brian Burns, I'd do that and run. Can we just, he was the guy that blew up the end around to, uh, to Rondale Moore, right? Can't we just point that out and be like, hey, see how this guy was in the backfield before he got the ball? Uh, real quick, Wolf, Brian Burns or Dave Burns? What if he had to trade Dave oh, Burns no, to get Brian Burns? David Charles? Yeah, no. Nah, yeah. Untouchable? No, nah, you got to be kidding me. David Charles is the best broadcaster Protect. in the history of mankind. <laughs> Not trading That was him. a test. All right, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. How different do these Seattle Seahawks look this season? Maximum football continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max We got Max Starks around for one more segment here, Maximum Football, and we talked at the start of this run right here about how the uh, the Seahawks really struggle defensively, and that is very true. We will continue to talk about that for the rest of the week, Max. Before we let you go, I want to look at the other side of the football where the Seahawks really are not struggling at all offensively. They've actually been pretty good. Now, some of that was Rashad Penny averaging 6.1 yards per carry. He is done for the year, though, and this was Pete Carroll's reaction to that. He's an experienced guy at this, uh, you know, but he's still, it doesn't mean that his heart's not broken about playing football. Um, but he's going he's gonna to deal with it, you know, better than he did last time around just because he's got that experience. But that doesn't lessen the pain, you know, and missing it. Now, they do have Kenneth Walker. We can get to him in a second. But the conversation really has to start with Geno Smith and the career revival that, I'll be honest, like, if they weren't playing the Cardinals and he wasn't on the Seahawks, I would. this is a pretty good story, guys. Like, what, what Geno Smith has been able to do, the way yeah. his career has gone. But there's no way in a million years I would have thought we were going to see this, Max. Well, absolutely not. And think about this. When we started this year, who would have said that, oh, by the way, Geno Smith is is tied with Patrick Mahomes for, mo- for, for being through five weeks above 80 
passer rating, the only two in the NFL. Who who would have uttered those out of their lips? Geno Smith wouldn't have even said that. No. At the start of the season. Absolutely not. And I think that's what makes this so incredible is that we have talked we have talked, you know, bad about him, poured dirt on him. Heck, I've talked bad about him. Um and he is one of the high he has, I think what, the highest, if not tied for the highest completion percentage in the NFL right now? Yes. He's on fire. He's above seventy percent. Um, it, it's just one of those things. I just look at it. Only one of two quarterbacks with three plus games with two plus passing touchdowns and no and no inter, and no interceptions or giveaways. Okay, that's enough <laughs> out of you. No, I mean here. Let me let and me just pick you back on this. Six deep pass touchdowns in twenty twenty two. The most in the NFL. Yes, by the, the way, the it's highest. West Virginia. It's West Virginia. The pride of every mountain. Okay, I knew you were going to be Okay, you, 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 and, you and Dale. You and Dale. <laughs> you know, it's just listen. Uh, only I, two. highest QB rating in football one thirteen point one. Think for about Geno that Smith. right now, Geno Smith, and the way that he is playing. There is no denying it. He is playing lights out football. The best football of his career ever. Best completion percentage in football this right year. Right now, too. he is, and that's what Max was talking about. And he's playing better than Russell Wilson is playing in Denver, obviously. Uh. And he's playing, <laughs> and he's playing better than when Russell Wilson was rolling. Uh, over the last few years, I would say. Now, early in Russell's career up in Seattle, man, they were really, they were clicking on all cylinders offensively. But a lot of that had to do with how good their defense was as well. But looking at them right now, they, they run the ball. They commit to running the ball. And because of that, Geno Smith then has the ability to throw the ball down the field to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It's that simple. So, you know, football's not a hard game. It nope. really is not that hard. When you can run the ball and attack the line of scrimmage, your play-action game is going to be huge. Max, the uh, the conversation has been a lot of what Wolf just said. It, the, the question keeps coming, oh, is Geno Smith, is he outperforming Russell Wilson this year? Uh, I think we can go ahead and set that aside. If you look at quarterback rating, not only is he outperforming Russell Wilson, there are 21 quarterbacks between them in quarterback rating this year. <laughs> Geno's number one, and Russell Wilson is number 22. So when you see this, and you know how Geno Smith's career has gone to this point, and he was supposed to be a first-round pick, a high first-round pick, but he wasn't, showed a couple flashes with the Jets, but it was the Jets, and it looked like his career was over, and now he's doing this. How sustainable do you think it is, and how dangerous do you think he is specifically on Sunday against the Cardinals? Well, I, th- I think it's going to be up to the Cardinals' defense, you know, how well they contain that rush, I think, you know, it, and forcing them into more passing type of situations, right? Getting them behind the sticks, you know, third and mediums to long, where you know it's not going to be a rush opportunity, and Geno has to get into passing situations, preferably 10-plus. Um, that's going to be the biggest key because I think – you know, this team proved that they, they, they can score some points, right? They can score some points with people, but I don't think they could handle if the Cardinals are clicking on all cylinders, the continual scoring. So you've got to put them in situations because this defense, I mean, for, for Seattle is a liability. Yes. Just put it that way. <laughs> You're ranked last. You're 31st and points given up. Um, You're last in rushing. You're 29th in third down percentage. You, you give up the third most big plays in all of the NFL for defenses, and your yards per play, per play is in last place as well. Yeah. 
What's so, your point? <laughs> that all sounds good well, to me. Well, so what I'm saying is the best <laughs> offense is to keep the Seattle defense on the field. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. That, that, that. That's that's the best way I could look at it because if not, then, yeah, you're dealing with having to put them in situations where they can't run the football and to allow for pressure to get on, um, you know, on Geno Smith, which we have two rookie tackles. Not a bad situation to be in, and third, yeah. medium to long. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> you can rush the edge on those guys. <laughs> so, Max, I got to get this out of you before we let you go. And we, we've got kind of a hard out here because we're going to be talking to Mike Hazen here in the next beautiful part yeah. of the program. So, um, these roughing the passer penalties, where is this headed? Quickly. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. You, you, you give me a simple question well, with a complex answer, yes. but I will say this: it, it, it's hyper reactionary. That's what the NFL does. I think it smooths back out as we get to the middle of the season. Once we're a little bit further away from Tua, and not everybody being hyper reactive, but it is something you're going to have to look at in the off season and take a deeper look and get, give more defined roles than the ambiguity that is the rule right now. Uh, and then, Max, we have three seconds. Could you give us the meaning of life? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Eat, drink, and be happy. <laughs> Look at that. He did it. I could have said it in one. Jesus, yeah. how about that? Thank you. Well, Max Max took four yes. seconds. No, we're like, <laughs> yeah, Max, Max had a lot more words. Uh, Max, thanks a lot for the time, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. Take care. Okay, Max. <laughs> that's, that's Max Starks joining us right there for Maximum Football, as he does uh, every week during the NFL season.